All right, welcome back to another episode of the Podium Pusher Podcast. As you guys know, we've already released an episode this week. Didn't plan on doing a second one, but Formula One has blown up over the past 48 hours. We decided that we had to have an emergency podcast before the weekend started. Brandon, we've got a lot to talk about today. How you doing? Doing great. Um, love love a good reason for an emergency pod, you know. So um, we just couldn't not talk about the Haas delivery launch. <laughs> today so yeah i mean that's what we're gonna spend the next half hour or so talking about so we're just gonna yeah. break it down you know angle by angle um we're just gonna talk about the Haas cars. it's gonna be great i guess we can talk about it for a second i totally <laughs> forgot that that was happening with all the other stuff and then i woke up this morning and like saw a Haas livery and was like oh yeah that was happening it looks fine i mean it looks like all the other cars moving towards more carbon fiber it's probably nicer than last year's was in my opinion not as nice as their US Grand Prix was. I think it looked nice when it had the stars and stuff for that. They probably could have leaned more into the American side if they wanted to, but the concept looks more like a Red Bull car, but you know, they probably still got it wrong. It'll be at the back of the grid anyways. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a more exposed carbon fiber, but uh, which is unfortunate. I wish they'd kind of take the take the paint livery weight out of the out of the car total weight uh, regulation so that way we have more cool liveries that i understand that we're not talking about liveries like not racing so. all you have to do is say minimum five kilograms of paint on the car and it's fixed but we don't get to make those decisions but that's not really what we're talking about today we're talking about the crazy silly season moves that have happened it's January now going into February and silly season has already started. I woke up to the craziest thing that I could have ever seen on my Instagram feed. And as you guys know, we're from America. So we're like six hours behind when all this stuff kicked off. We woke up and the day started and I texted Brandon, Hey, we might have to do an emergency podcast. He's like, Oh, why? I was like, Oh, well, uh, Lewis Hamilton's going to Ferrari. Uh, and it hadn't been confirmed at that point, but it was far enough in the process to where we were getting it from reputable sources. Brandon, what was your initial reaction to seeing that Lewis Hamilton signed with Ferrari? I was just shocked. I, I mean, I did. I wasn't gonna believe it until it was confirmed. And but I mean, the more you know, you texted me immediately, kind of got on Instagram to see like who was posting it on Instagram, like relatively reputable sources. Um, and I was like, okay, this might. Might be a real possibility. Um, you know, check the F1 app. Obviously, there's nothing there. There's a lot to post things. Um, they want it to be actually confirmed. I'm going to check the score app, see what the news is on there. And like the score has already written a piece on it. And I was like, all right, well, this is, at this point, then, you know, it's pretty much as good as a, good as a done deal. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I was just shocked. You know, that's one of those truly iconic moments in a sport where it's like where were you you know where were you when uh i don't know tom brady decided to move to the buccaneers you know from the patriots i, I mean i truly feel like this is one of those moments you know, where were you when michael jordan decided to retire from basketball and play baseball or retire from pro baseball and come back to playing basketball you and i weren't alive for those moments but i imagine that to be a similar feeling uh, to what you know, kind of we experienced as F1 fans, um, you know, uh, when that was announced. So I, I mean, I was just in shock. I, yeah, you know, I didn't really know what to 
with the thing of it, but and now I've got some time to think about it, and it's still just as crazy. So I know it it doesn't feel real. I feel like since I've been a Formula One fan in 2018, there's always been the rumors of like, oh, when his contract on Mercedes, Lewis is going to go drive Ferrari. Like Ferrari was always the other team that was rumored with Lewis Hamilton, but it just felt like Lewis's loyalties to Mercedes and to Toto and just that brand were so strong. I mean, he he had stock in like companies that were associated with the team like i just assumed that he would finish his career with mercedes and i just can't believe it you know statistically the greatest driver of all time maybe overall the greatest driver of all time we won't get into that today but it's just like with the biggest brand in formula one it's crazy it's crazy but we've got some specific things that we can break down to get more into this so like why would he sign that contract now? I mean, it's before testing, before the car was even unveiled. It, he signed it for 2025. We haven't even put a singular lap on track for the 2024 car. Why sign now? To be honest, I don't really know. From Ferrari's standpoint, it makes, si- it makes sense to sign this as soon as you can. You know, if, you, if you're truly wanting to go after him, you got to get him locked down as quickly as possible because... You know, if somebody else hears that he's potentially on the move, you never know what could happen. You know, um, obviously, I, I don't think any team outside of Ferrari has the kind of draw to Lewis that Ferrari does. But, you know, again, you never know what ha- could happen. Lewis is a seven-time world champion. So if there's potential that he's on the move, you know, everybody's going to want a chance at that, right? So I think for Ferrari's standpoint, it makes sense to sign him as soon as they could. But from Lewis's standpoint, honestly, I don't I don't really know. I mean, he's still got a full year left on the contract, obviously. Um, who knows, maybe he would have, if he could have, maybe he would have broken the contract earlier. Um, I know that there um, was a break clause in his contract, which is how he was able to sign for 2025 in the first place. You know, the contract he signed last year with Mercedes was a multi-year contract. So, I don't, I don't really fully know why for Lewis it makes sense to sign it before the 2024 season um, starts. But I think at this stage in his career, after 2024, um, you know, now is the time to do it if he was going to do anything like that. Um, you know, he's definitely getting older, and I don't think he's lost anything in terms of his ability to race. But um, you know, if he if he's going to make a move to another team. Now would be the time to do it before, you know, his twilight years are upon. Yeah, this definitely feels like the time to make that last big career move for Lewis. Um, you know, he's still got some years left. There's still the feeling that he can win that eighth world title. Part of me thinks being such an experienced driver and having won so much and then had this drought of not winning over the past few years that I think he might have seen something in the data, seen something, you know, on the simulator with the car for this year and been like, man, Mercedes is not figuring it out and they're not on a trajectory to figure out these new regulations anytime soon. And so I don't know if that was more of Mercedes not looking promising or Ferrari showing him something promising, showing them that they were moving in the right direction or even just the chance to get to drive for Ferrari and maybe win a championship with them before he retires. But there is part of me that thinks with Lewis having so much experience that he saw something in the data that 
made him a little concerned with the future of, of where the Mercedes car was going. Absolutely. That definitely makes sense. And I mean, I mean, even that was alluded to a little bit last year of how, you know, 2022 obviously didn't go as planned um, with the new regulations. You know, we roll into 2023, second year of the new regulations, even worse, right? Not, not great. So how, you know, how, how are they taking a step forward? And, and Lewis, you know, if anybody can look at the car and, um, know or look at the data and know it's going to be Lewis, he's been driving the Mercedes for, you know, 11 years. This will be his 12th season with them, I think. Um, so he, he's got a lot of experience and knowledge in that area and, you know, maybe it was just time for him to part ways and, and just at least get a new change of scenery, see if somebody else can figure it out better than Mercedes can. Man, it felt like we would never say that sentence. Uh, you know, the Mercedes and Lewis dominance that felt like it was going on forever. And now it's like, it's like truly over. Like they're departing. It's, I, I, it doesn't feel real. Like we're sitting here talking about this and like the sentence isn't coming out of my mouth. It does not feel real. I tell you who else it probably doesn't feel real for is Charles Leclerc. Because like two weeks ago, he signed a contract that was for beyond 2024. We don't know for how many years. I would assume at least up until the new regulations is what I would assume that it would have been for. So in the 2025, 26, so you get this big contract, you get paid all this money. Ferrari saying, you are the number one driver. We're putting our hope in you. You know, they didn't extend Carlos at that time. I don't know why, but they put all that money into Charles and, you know, and then two weeks later, the statistical greatest driver of all time is now going to be your teammate. And like, you know, Lewis isn't coming in to be the number two to Charlotte Claire. Like he didn't call up Lewis Hamilton and be like, Hey, how would you feel about being a number two driver and moving over for a 26 year old Charlotte Claire? Like, how do you feel about that? Uh, you know, you know, he's coming in to, to be the number one driver and to win races and win world championships. So man, I put Charles at a tough spot for sure. Yeah, it's just an interesting move, you know, with Ferrari. I mean, I understand the opportunity to get Lewis is, is something that, you know, their team could pass up on. But it, I mean, I think they really spurned both of their current drivers. Uh, I mean, yeah, to what, you, you know, the point to what you said is Charles probably got to feel terrible, you know. Um, and, you know, this will be, his second time being a teammate with someone who's won multiple world championships. And, you know, I can imagine it wasn't easy to be Sebastian Bell's teammate when Sebastian was fighting Lewis for world titles. Um, that obviously didn't work out, but, uh, you know, now Charles is going to be teammates with Lewis and we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, also for Carlos, it's, you know, it's just, just going to be awkward for him the entire season. Um, but I guess we'll see how he does. Yeah, we will see how it goes. Carlos signs. I I can't imagine even like showing up for testing. Like you know, he's probably still off doing his winter training, so he might not even be back in Marinello at the factory yet. Like what is walking in for the first time after that mean? But we'll go ahead and talk about Carlos signs a little bit more and, and what's next for him. Obviously, we did our chilly season predictions. That was the last podcast that you know, we did before this and I think both of us predicted he would stay at Ferrari for another year. I know I did. Uh, I'm pretty sure you did as well. Clearly that's not happening. Uh, 
what does he do from here? I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's this Lewis's move really throws a whole rich into the entire silly season thing. It kind of just blows it up. But I mean, there's a couple options. Um, Carlos has been rumored to have signed a, you know, like pre signed a contract for to race for Audi when Audi enters um, in 2026. So that that's rumor has been out for, I think, a while now. I've seen it for a while. So um, I guess there's potential there. Uh, we, t- we talked about uh, Guan Yu Zhou leaving after this season. So, I mean, that would open up a seat over at Kick Sauber, Dig F1, Audi, uh, Alfa Romeo, Formula One team. Uh, so, I mean, that's an option, but, you know, there's also other seats that are, a lot of other seats that are going to be open. Um, and, you know, a couple at the two, you know, two of the top teams, Mercedes and Red Bull, that maybe Carlos could uh, and take a shot at. I don't know. What do you think? Man, I think it's definitely interesting. I think there's no way that Carlos Sainz isn't on the grid in 2025. Like, I think he will find a seat somewhere. He's an established driver. He was the only non-Red Bull driver to win a race this year. You know, he he proved that he could be a match for Charles Leclerc on many occasions, who's considered one of the best drivers on the grid right now. Like, I think for sure he's got to get a seat. I think if he wants it, that Audi seat is probably there for him a year early. Like I think instead of Valtteri Bottas and Teo Pocher, I think they would easily say Carlos Sainz and Teo Pocher. Like that's that's the stronger lineup at the moment. It would help them more moving forward into the Audi transition 2026 new regulations. So I think if he wants it, that that seat is there for him. But I also think there probably is that hesitation in his mind of like, if I go in 2025, that for sure is going to be a blip on the radar in my career. You know, like he's probably going to score like 13 points that year and finish 15, 16th in points just because that's where that car is going to be that year. And there's really no guarantee that the Audi thing even brings success in 2026. So if the option to get the Mercedes or the Red Bull is there, you know, I don't think there's anything that would necessarily stop him in his mind from taking that seat. Um, I don't necessarily think that he'll get the Red Bull seat. I guess there will always be the rumors because he was a Red Bull driver at one point, but I know he kind of ended his time with Red Bull uh, not on the best of terms of already being loaned out to Renault and then picking Pierre Gasly over him for uh, the replacement of Daniel Ricciardo. You know, he and his management didn't like that that much, and he decided to leave the Red Bull program to go with McLaren and. Uh, he and Max Verstappen didn't get on super well when they were teammates at Toro Rosso. So I think the Red Bull management would want to protect Max and his feelings uh, and not sign Carlos Sainz. So I really don't see a path to uh, Red Bull at the moment. And then Mercedes, I-, I guess there could be a straight swap. Like when you look at drivers who will be available to replace Lewis Hamilton, Carlos Sainz is among the most accomplished, if not the most accomplished. So I could see it. But I also think that there's so much talent in the Mercedes pipeline that they might not want to get Carlos Sainz. They might want to promote from within, whether that be, you know, moving Frederick Vesti up earlier than I thought they would, or Kimi Antonelli being the next Max Verstappen and getting thrown in at, at 19, 20 years old to the top team. 
so I don't know. I think there's definitely going to be seats available for Carlos. I think the Sauber Audi seat is probably the most likely destination, but you know, I think there'll be seats available for him for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree. I think there's, you know, Carlos is one of the, I, I think one of the best drivers on the grid right now. And, um, you know, he has proved time and time again that while maybe he isn't able to, uh, I don't know, secure as many pole positions or wins as Charles, he's been a very, very consistent driver and, you know, proved to be an even match with Charles, I think, pretty solidly over the last two years. So, um, yeah, I think... I think there's no way he's not on the grid. And I think that, you know, I agree that the Audi Sauber um, seat is probably the most likely, but, you know, there's always a possibility for for others. And, you know, Mercedes is in kind of desperate times right now, I would think. So to be able to secure one of the top drivers on the grid, the only driver who beat Red Bull last year, um, yeah, might be too big of an opportunity for them to pass up and you know maybe maybe they should Carlos off after you know 2025 ship him off to Audi and you know bring up Frederick Vesti or Amy Antonelli or someone else but time will tell we'll see here's another piece of crazy silly season move kind of unrelated but still in the dominoes to this I don't know if you saw this today have you seen the rumors that Alex Alba signed a contract for Red Bull in 2025 um, I, I hadn't really, I mean, I had seen maybe a couple of things like, you know, Alex potentially, you know, back to Red Bull in 2025, but like nothing serious. It was more like memes really <laughs> rather than serious posts, but that, that would be insane. I think it'd be crazy. Yeah. I saw, I've yeah. signed, I've seen multiple things today that have said that he signed a three-year contract for Red Bull starting in 2025. Which would be crazy. I don't think it's real. I think there's no way that that happens. I mean, he was already in the driver program race for the top team, and then they booted him out. Like when they have Yuki and Leon and Daniel already in the fold, I can't see them going outside to get Alex Albon. You know, he's been good at Williams, you know, this past year, but I don't think he was good enough to be like, man, he needs to be in a top team right now. Like, he's changed. He'll win a world championship in a top team. Like, I don't think his performances were that outstanding. And so, I can't see that happening. I, I yeah, I, I don't see that there's any way that that would happen. I don't, like, if, say, you, or say Daniel retired, Daniel retired, whatever, but no longer an option. Yuki, um you know, maybe moved on to somewhere else or maybe he was still there and, uh, Liam decided he wanted to do like formula E something like if those options weren't around or even if like Liam and Daniel were gone and Yuki was still an option, I could see that potentially happening. Um, cause I feel like Yuki is maybe only a slight step above Alex. Like Alex is obviously a little bit more mature than Yuki. He's raced for Red Bull before Yuki has never done that before. So maybe that would be like a comparable, you know, risk for them to take if Daniel and Liam were options. But you know, I yeah, I think there's there's no chance that that would happen. And if they were to sign Alex Albon, it definitely wouldn't be for a three year contract. It would be probably a shorter term contract to see like okay, is this going to work out or not, or 
you know, are you just going to play around in the Red Bull car like you did last time and we're going to send you back? Or, um, you know, I think they would have a shorter leash on him than a three-year contract. I mean, that's a big commitment from Red Bull, which is a team that doesn't necessarily like to make big commitments to their second drivers, which is what Alex would be. Yeah, I think it would be crazy for him to go back. I think he's probably more likely to go to Mercedes than he is to go to Red Bull. Obviously, he's racing with Williams that has the ties to Mercedes. We know that he and George get along well. I think it would make more sense that if he was going to go to a top team, which I think he would perform well at, I think it's more likely to be Mercedes. But it's still that that thing where you, you think, like, if you're Mercedes, do you truly believe that Alex Albin can replace a seven-time world champion and bring at least comparable levels of success? It doesn't even have to be the same. No one's going to bring on the same level of success that Lewis did, but it's going to be success that's comparable. And that's just not a not a comparison I'm ready to get behind yet in my mind. So I don't know. Yeah. It's it's tough. It's tough. I mean, I, I could see them. I could see Mercedes potentially, again, taking... Alex on and but in a short-term capacity I mean because like you said they they have so much talent in their in their pipeline I mean the Mercedes pipeline and the Red Bull pipeline and the Ferrari pipeline are I think the three you know pipelines with the most talent in them and um you know there's no reason to sign Alex Alvin to a three-year contract when you've got three probably four you know drivers who could step in and maybe not at the works team at mercedes but into a formula one seat and perform uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense so but i don't know we'll see this is opened up a whole new world of possibilities so it really has it really has part of me wonders if they would put him in for 2025 give him a one-year contract like if it works out, that's awesome. If not, they had one of their juniors replace him at Williams for that year, and they're gonna be the long term in 2026 going into the new regulations. I could see Alex maybe being a bridge driver in that situation, but I think Alex Albin is definitely probably going to be one of the next pieces to fall. He'll be in that driver market. You know, his contract ends in 2024, so I think you know once he and Carlos maybe announce their seeds, we'll start to see. The pieces come together a little bit more yeah yeah i think those guys are two of the best drivers that are available now so um we'll see and then who knows maybe maybe uh, for this year Echo decides you know jump over to mercedes and see what he can do there maybe D- just a wild prediction thought i'd throw it out there that would be insane yeah he's still gonna retire after this year so first component this is could you embarrass this last season in formula one Without a doubt. All right. With all of this craziness happening, it throws out our predictions that we just made like a week ago completely out of the window. We're already like going to get less than half of them, right? Because this happened. We didn't even have Lewis Hamilton on our list because this wasn't even a possibility in our minds. So for the sake of redemption, I've given us a chance to make one more silly season prediction. It's going to be big. It's going to be bold. This is our chance to redeem ourselves in the future. What is your new biggest silly season prediction? My new biggest silly season prediction is that Charles Leclerc will not finish his current contract at Ferrari. Um, we don't know how long his current contract with Ferrari is. 
Um, I think, you know, what you said earlier through like 2026 is a, it's a pretty good guess. And I, I think that's probably, um, what it is. I can't imagine Charles wanting to commit much longer than that to Ferrari because, you know, there's a big possibility that they don't get it right with new regulations in 2026. And Charles doesn't want to be locked up till, you know, 2028 with a, with a team that can't figure it out. Um, but I think my prediction is he's not going to finish their current contract. I think him being vaulted down to the number two slot, it's going to cause a lot of tension between him and Lewis. Uh, I think Lewis is um, going to come in guns a blazing and, and want to really influence the car. Um, maybe that's something that he wasn't getting at Mercedes. You know, He has expressed frustration with how they developed the car and not taking some of his suggestions on. So maybe Ferrari promised him that or gave him that and you know if Lewis is going to be influencing the car Charles won't be so um I think Charles is not going to be very happy after um 2025 and we'll see we'll see but uh, I can't imagine him finishing his current contract in Ferrari I think he'll go somewhere else yeah in my mind it has to be a feisty relationship between Charles and Lewis at some point in 2025 you know Charles is known to be feisty and emotional behind the wheel and it's not like he's been a a bad teammate in the past but he has argued against team orders that have been issued to him in the past just out of his raw emotion and desire to win for Ferrari and like the loyalty and desire to win a championship that he has to that brand and so it'll be really interesting to see how that passion he has collides with Lewis's talent and experience and legacy and everything that he brings to the team like whether it be all like in their mind type clashing or actually physically on the road, just there's no way that that relationship doesn't deteriorate somehow in my mind, you know, like it's, it's a fine balance between having a super strong driver lineup and having a driver lineup that's going to like clash with each other. And in my mind, there's some time that they're going to clash. And then if you're Ferrari, who you got to let walk, Charles Leclerc, who's great, but hasn't won a world championship, or Lewis Hamilton, who's won seven and is maybe the best rider of all time. The answer's obvious. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see that happening for sure. My new biggest silly season prediction is that Mercedes will have two new drivers in 2025, which is crazy because obviously George Russell is under contract as well, but with Lewis leaving, it really, really throws everything into a loop. And I don't know if George Russell has done anything so far to say that he's the future. You know, everyone thought that whenever he was in Williams that he was going to come up to Mercedes and be there for a little bit and then Lewis would leave and he would be the new golden boy. And if you based it strictly off the results from this past season, I don't know if George is ready to be that number one driver and could lead Mercedes to championships if they've had that championship winning car we've seen mistakes him crashing on zone in races i think of canada when he was pushing to try and be on the podium and just crash on his own ruined his race lost a lot of points for the team and so i think if if george doesn't really step it up in 2024 then i don't know if there's anything stopping mercedes from getting a carlos signs to be their reliable driver and bringing up one of their young drivers along him or getting a daniel ricardo to be the number one driver right? and getting a young driver and, you know, to go alongside him. I think there's definitely other options that are at least comparable. And I would argue that Carlos Sainz is racing at a higher level than George Russell is right now. 
So if Mercedes aren't convinced that George Russell is going to be their guy for the future, then I don't see why they wouldn't go ahead and make the jump since their team is already going to be in so much flux. You never really thought about that, but, uh, you know, we, we can't roll anything out at this point. And, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You know, George Russell is just, I mean, he's just another piece of the puzzle. And if and if Mercedes doesn't see him continuing to take steps forward, then there's no reason to keep him. And you might be able to get somebody else who could push the team forward more and help lead a younger driver better. So, an interesting thing to think about. But I, I could definitely see that happening. It's a, it's a bold prediction, but I think it's a good one. That wraps up all of the craziness that has been going on in Formula 1 over the past 48 hours. Who knows? We could wake up tomorrow and have a need for another emergency podcast because even though we are still about a month away from the first Grand Prix, silly season is well and truly upon us, which means Formula 1 in 2024 is back. I'm so excited. I just love this sport. It's awesome. Brandon, what are your parting podium thoughts for these people before we get on out of here? Parting podium thoughts is, man, we're here. It started. Uh thought today was going to be the first official day of the formula one season in my mind it's it's usually like the first car launch like the first livery launch it's like all right the first we're back like we made it we did it but you know lewis decided to throw us for a loop and start the season a day early um so i know mclaren launched their livery like two weeks ago but i mean they didn't really care you know it's kind of a surprise to go off guard but you know yesterday we're back look here lewis is uh Ferrari man starting next year. So can't wait to see all the awkwardness and tension that causes for the entire season um, among both of those teams. So uh, it's going to be great. It's just another reason to love Formula One is the uh, craziness that can happen literally at any time, including while you're asleep. Formula One truly is one of the best sports in the world. So glad that we get to be here and talk about it. It is just the most fun. And I wouldn't be surprised. We're still a couple of weeks away from testing. We might we might have some more bombshell news to talk about before then. Wouldn't be surprised if that happened. And if it does, we'll be here to talk about it. Brandon, as always, thanks for taking the time out of your day to talk about this. Find us next week for another episode of the Podium Pusher Podcast. You guys are the best for listening. Thank you so much. See ya.